This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to MK1 Podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Well, a week at Stadium K for us and uh, you know, two results that I think on the whole everyone's really happy with. You know, we'll, we'll discuss later on you know, regarding the performances and how we actually played in both games. And of course, look ahead to travelling to that that place on Saturday in South West London, which should be good fun, I'm sure. Um, but before we get started on that, uh, I just want to pass on our condolences to the friends and family of Harry Wilman. Um, if you missed the news, he, he sadly passed away um, this week at the age of 26, which is no age to lose someone. And we know a lot of friends of the podcast and Don supporters know how much of a part of the family Harry was in terms of Don's and how much of the was to the media team and part of the club. And yeah, it's a really, really sad story. But I thought the tribute last night was really nice to hear me see this, the thoughts of his dad and how much his dad appreciated it on the way out to on the way up from Buck 11. And um yeah, really, really sad, but I'm hoping the lads can did him proud last night. I hope they're doing proud for the rest of the season. Hopefully, we will get promoted together and uh, Harry's looking down on us. And uh, yeah, he's really proud. So yeah, we'll we'll get on to the two games. Um, but before we do that, Joe, how are you? Yeah, no, really good, good, thank you. Yeah, just just as well, just echo what you said about Harry. It was, it, um, yeah, everyone got involved and um, yeah, it was just a nice... A nice tribute for him at a fitting place, you know, somewhere that I'm, I'm sure he loved. He loved to be, and uh, so often was over the years. So yeah, awful news, and uh, you know, if anything, hopefully that, um, a bit of awareness can can help prevent something like this in the future. Yeah, most definitely, and checking in on your mates also, and everyone else around you is uh, another key message from that point because you know you know what it could prevent, and you know what people are going through. So yeah, it's a very important message to um, do that also. Unfortunately, Ross can join us this evening. He's um, doing, as as Joe put it before the recording, the noble service of getting his car MOT'd before a big couple of away trips, especially down to Plymouth on the 30th. So, um, But you'll be, you'll be able to hear his thoughts um, this upcoming Saturday for the game uh, in the Times newspaper again. 
Um, so please go and buy that and um, yeah, hear Ross of his thoughts on the game of Saturday through that source. Um, but myself and Joe will take you through that game later on. Um, but we'll dive into the two home games before we do that and we'll kick off with Shrewsbury. Uh, of course, a 2 0 victory at MK, uh, a game that many people thought would be a banana skin. I think quite a few of us had a, a bit, a few concerns. Obviously, Shrewsbury coming into that game pretty good form. Three wins on the spin, of course, including taking four points in the matter of things like Mullen for Fotheram, who, of course, were top of the league at the time of playing the game. Um, and I felt the last set went really well, actually. You know, I think even Manning sort of expressed how pleased he was with how sharp they were on the ball. And, you know, I think that sort of indicated that he maybe thought there's echoing the same concerns as us, maybe. But no, I thought the lads were really, really good. And I think the first goal kind of echoed how sharp they actually were. Of course, it starts from playing at the back for Jamie Cumming. He lays it off to Coventry. Coventry to a brilliant pass to Twine. And then, of course, Twine finds big game Mo and Mo does what he does best, scores goals. And it's 1-0. And really, really good goal. I think many people described it as vintage MK Doms, which is a nice a nice thing to hear. And, um, yeah, playing for purpose that first goal was an absolutely fantastic start to the game. And, yeah, second half, of course, going to halftime 1-0 and then going into the second half and Twine sort of seals the deal with his, well, equaling, record equaling um, goal. Of course, there was complaints about a foul, and but I don't think it was a foul, to be honest. I think that player's making a massive drama over it. And, of course, the we weren't happy after the game, but that's going to happen when you want a good bit of form and then you lose to a team like MK, no matter how good they are on the pitch. And, um, yeah, after that, it was fairly comfortable to start the game. And, um, yeah, overall, really impressed. And we'll delve into little, little parts of the game in a bit. But before we do that, Joe, what were your overriding thoughts on whenever Shrewsbury? Um, yeah, it's it was very much a case of job done, and actually, you know, a job done quite comfortably. As I thought, um, I thought the main thing for me from this game, bar a, you know, after we scored, I thought, you know, what they they came back into it, and fair play to them, and they did have a few good chances, and um, you know, coming again, coming up with the goods. Um, but I thought, you know, they did come back at us and then, you know, come out in, into the second half and we started fast and we got that early goal. And then, I mean, that half an hour, I don't know what you think it is. I've never see, seen a team so comfortably not going up, not going down and just, just signed kind of just, yeah, we'll just, you know, run around a bit, look, make it look like we're trying, but <laughs> nothing really happened. And that, if anything... You know, the, I'd say our players are probably a bit cheesed off because there was a chance maybe to rack up a few goals. Who knows how goal difference could uh, come into the final part of the season. Um, so, yeah, it, it was weird end to the game. But, yeah, just all, all I could say is other than a blip at the, at the uh, start of the first, uh, at the end of the first half, it was uh, fairly comfortable and, and controlled, which is, you know, what we've come to expect from this MK Don side. So, uh yeah, just uh, d- didn't make too much of a, a meal of it and uh, very professional, I thought. Yeah, on that point of them in a bit last days, of course, it's, it's, it's quite surprising because they didn't actually have a break. I think they played the Lincoln on, during the international break um, when we obviously had the week off due to our game being rearranged. So, yeah, it was quite surprising to see how, you know, actually, I put it not very arsed they were, to be fair. And there was a few tasty challenges put in, probably because of frustration. Um and yeah, I think for a Steve Cartwright team to play like that is a bit very surprising to me. And I think they're a team that I could see being up towards top 10 next season if they keep the corridor players and recruit some decent ones. So I don't get it. Yeah, but I'll take it. If they don't look bad against us, happy days. Um, 
obviously a lot, a lot to break down from this one. Hussle Stoutwitz got to Ireland, of course, getting that second goal. Um, at the time, breaking, or equaling the record, sorry, now he's broke it, of course, was his goal against Crew. He's just fantastic, isn't he? And we have waxed every record all season, but it's hard not to see when he's literally become the best MK Nosbet ever now in terms of goal contributions in a single season. Yeah, and it's it's a weird one with Scott Twine because actually you could be forgiven for almost thinking that uh, he was having a bit of a quiet time. In the previous eight games, I just had a quick look, He's he had one goal and one assist in his previous eight games. And, you know, that's not really something you'd expect from Scott Twine given the numbers that he's putting up. Um, but actually, you know, Liam Manning's been quite quick to mention it. His work off the ball hasn't dropped. And, you know, in these tight games, you know, so often he's been charging down um, with Dan Harvey or Mo Issa, you know, they're always pairing up and ganging up on defenders. And so even when he's not scoring, you know, he's never once been, been, you know, Manning's never once been tempted to take him out of the team. And that's testament to his hard work and, and his, you know, I think we know with Twine, he could, can do something out of nothing. And so I wouldn't even say he's been out of form. I'd just say he's maybe just not been getting the goals or assists he maybe deserved. Um, but yeah, the first ball was, uh, Ball through to Mo Issa and you know you know what you know what run Mo Issa is going to make and so all you need to do is find him and he did just that and it's it's one of them things where you know exactly you know from a Shrewsbury point of view you probably know exactly what's going to happen but you just can't stop it and you know it's very I thought it was uh, quite cool as well that it was very similar to the chance that Mo Issa actually missed away at Shrewsbury quite early on that you know who knows how that game could have ended um well, after after if, if if that goal went in, potentially um, but yeah, just such a cool finish. There can't be many players in League One that are cooler in front of goal than than Mo Issa. and um, and then, and then the, his goal himself. It was I think he started the move and then followed the ball in, and he he just kept his composure and he just <laughs> shot it through about three defenders, low and hard, and keeper really had no chance. So. Yeah, really good to see him back amongst the goals and and the assists and um, long way continue. Yeah, most definitely. I'm sure he's got a lot more than lockers to give. And of course, what is it? I think it's six games left now, five or six games. You know, it's going to need him. Yeah, five games left. So yeah, we're going to need him. We're going to need him for sure. And I'm I'm sure he's up for the challenge. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. it. It's worth saying though that it wasn't all smooth sailing, despite how that say the streets were. Of course, towards the end of the first half, I know Joe, you went off um, to the bar, but you missed some pretty big chances for Shrewsbury. Uh, I did think... see. I did see. Oh, you did what, see I did it. Okay, see okay, one, okay, right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, either way, it was fantastic to have Jamie coming. Um, and yeah, it was, I suppose, Don's maybe thought, okay, we're going to half time, one alert, happy days. And, you know, Shrewsbury were always there. And I think, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Lee who won the chances. But yeah, fantastic from Jamie. And I think, uh, no, I think I saw a stat the I think it's last week before the Shrewsbury game that he's leading the league from keepers in terms of prevented goals. So I'm sure with that save it's only it only enhanced that. And uh yeah, he's been a fantastic addition, a bit like uh Twilight, really. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, the Lee he won, it was Lee blazed over from pretty good position as well, actually. So, you know, that was a bit sloppy on our on our behalf. Um and then yeah, you had um, a great ball in the box and uh I think it was Udo just got a quite a deft touch on it, but it was you know six seven yards out perhaps, and yeah, Cohen just flung himself, got in front of it, and you know one thing I love about Cohen, and I mean this comes on to the crew game actually is 
he was absolutely laying into the defenders because they let Crew have a shot from 20 yards in the 90-something, in, in, in like the 89th minute. That's the sort of character you need. That's the sort of, you know, you don't need Liam Manning there shouting on the touchline when you've got players that can not manage the game themselves, but they know what's required. They know the standards. And, you know, they're not pulling, putting, pulling their foot off the gas at all. And they know what's required to win. So, you know, that sort of stuff I absolutely love. And to see it from someone that's, what, 21, 22, something like that. I mean, yeah, I, I wasn't, yeah, when I was 21, 22, I was in the stands drinking beer watching these guys play. So, yeah, I mean, all, all more power to them there. Yeah, really, really showing some incredible levels of maturity out there and just this, keeping the standards, really, which I think is why we've been able to maintain this run for so long. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. And uh, before we, it's obviously with these games and the two game previous, they kind of cross over always. And I'll, I'll, we'll sort of transfer into that, I suppose, in many senses. Um, yeah, two on one at home against against Crew. Of course, uh, last night we were recording this a Tuesday night. Um, not as comfortable as I'd have liked. Um, I had a feeling going to the ground that it would, that would be the case. So I don't know. It's typical Dons. They, they don't really win these games comfortably, to be honest. But, you know, the three points nonetheless, and it was a fairly steady performance. Um, of course, Troy getting that brilliant goal from the Lewington assist and that little chip, it was it was, it was a classic sort of FIFA goal you'd always see. You never think that you probably see it in, in real life, but, you know, here we are, here we are. And, yeah, brilliant finish from Troy. LBY ball over yeah, the Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, um, yeah, I think that, that settled us down a lot because I know, I know Manning referred to Troy and because I know Joe, you said to me, didn't you, regardless of Troy's like lackluster passes towards coming and basically blasting at him. Um, we were kind of surprised at how sloppy he was at the start. But, you know, you made up for it. You made up for it. And um, I think that settled us down a bit. And, then, of course, that leads to the second goal from uh, Connor Coventry's. I think, it's, I think it might be his, his first goal and what a strike it was for his first goal. I mean, of course, that, that gives Twine assist to break the record, but... You know, Coventry makes it through his his directness and basically just having a go and having a shot. And uh, you know, Dave Richards, the crew keeper, had no chance of that strike. So yeah, two 0 at half time. I think everyone on the ground basically thought that was job done. Um, I'm hoping the players didn't, but I know I most of us lot were, were pretty much yeah, that's it. And um, you know, thinking about you know being in the top two and you know being top of the league for a good 15 minutes or so last on on Tuesday night. Um, of course, second half we you know. Clearly, without lack of goal scored, weren't as weren't as prolific as the first half, but still fairly controlled the game to an extent. I still had our chances. Probably should have scored another goal, and then of course the clean sheet again gets wiped away. I know Joe, you mentioned about how important goal difference might be um, from their only shot on target in the well, I'm pretty sure it's the whole game. Their only shot in the box, it was. Yeah, their only shot. Yes, yeah, so they're only they're only shot on target for the whole game. They're only shot in the box the whole game. They score so. I think it's the 92nd minute as well. So, yeah, it's, it's a frustrating clean sheet to lose. And I'm sure the back three incoming were not too pleased. And I know Kane Kester wasn't either in terms of conceding that last last minute goal. But, you know, we got the three points, Joe, and into the top two now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, who thought? <laughs> Dizzy not me, not me. And that's for sure. But, you know, it, yeah, I think, you know, it, yesterday, uh, as I mentioned, it, you know, it shows the standards, of course, but... You know, although it wasn't necessarily a game where we weren't absolutely thrashing them, we were 2-0 up and they hadn't had a shot in our box. You know, they were, we, we'd been winning since the 24th minute and they didn't have a single shot in our box until the 93rd. 
You know, that, that's the level of control. And that's, you know, really good to see. Okay, we could have been better in, in possession. You know, I think, but I think, you know, as well, the, the, the flow of the team was disrupted a little bit. Um, but I'm sure we'll, we'll mention in a moment, you know, Connor, Theo and, and Matt Smith coming on. Um, but I think it was, you know, it was professional. And it's just a shame that there wasn't that much of a gloss on it after, after what was, you know, a, a good, really good 90 minutes, really. Um, I think the first 10 or 15, we struggled to get to grips with them, really. We really weren't firing on all cylinders. And, you know, we were, sort of, we were trying quite a few balls in behind um, and over the top, just like the one where Troy scored from. But a lot of the, you know, quite a bit of the time they weren't working out. So then we, you know, we had a period where we, we were trying to play, be really patient. But to be fair to them, the, the press was really good from crew. You know, Tom Lowry, who I've, rate I rate and I've said before I really rate I didn't realize Rakeem Harper yeah was playing for crew I didn't he was awesome at Ipswich I, mean, what, <laughs> I don't know what has got on there um I'm just looking at it I was like really wow and then Chris Long as well who, you know he formerly at Don's but you know just real hard working players and and they they didn't let us have a moment's rest and like I, I mentioned Troy was playing back passes that you know were like volleys and being played up to Cummins' chest and he coming out. I think Cummins must have had a few choice words with him a couple of times. Um, and so it really was, it wasn't just plain sailing for the first 15 minutes or so. But, you know, th- th- once we got that first goal, I think it all did settle down at that point. And, um, and, and you know, we managed to see it out, albeit with a late scare. But it's just at this stage of the season, it's getting the job done. We're in second place. The pressure's now on Rotherham. You know, we 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 we're going under the radar. Well, we're not under the radar now. Certainly, wouldn't like, hope, like to hope not with <laughs> with the form we're in. But you know, Rotherham are the ones with the games in hand. They're the ones with it in their hands. It's theirs to lose. So, um, yeah, no pressure, lads. Yeah, I'd much rather be in our shoes than theirs, one hundred percent. And I think most on times would say that, not because of the points, but their running is very very hard. Uh, I do not envy him to put it that way. Uh, that's for sure. Um, diving into a bit more uh, some of the so specifics of the game, I think, I think Connor Coventry for not only this game but the Shrewsbury game has been fantastic again. I know a few people mentioned how he's he sort of dropped off a bit around the Cheltenham Wigan area, but I think in the past three games, especially, he's really picked it back up, and I think the last two games really highlighted that. Um, for example, a Shrewsbury game, I think he had, I think he had the most touches of the Don's 11 in terms of the game really controlled it for me against Shrewsbury and of course you know his part in the first goal really emphasised that and of course the game against Crew on Tuesday night he got his goal a fantastic finish as I'm sure we'll all know and uh, you know I'm sure he's absolutely buzzing with that one um, yeah I mean you can all see the quality of him on the pitch and I think when we first spoke about Connor coming in we he's kind of what we hope he'd be essentially you know that kind of midfielder who Cooking just control games, doesn't really need Joshua Kekro to cover him a whole lot, can has got the physicality also to bully bully players. So he has that element that Kaz has in some senses. Maybe not the aggressiveness and sort of the the gung ho-ness, maybe, but he has that element to him. And I think he's actually a fantastic player. And I'm I'm very jealous. I'm very I'm really just very jealous he's not ours at West Ham's. But yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that we have him, Joe. And I'm sure, you know, he's the final these past two games have really shown that. Why we have in the quality that he has? Yeah, and he's really quite a different midfielder to what we've had in recent years. I think you think a, 
under Russ, some of the midfielders we've had, you know, obviously Kasumu was our, our midfielder, but you've had the likes of, um, you know, Matt O'Reilly, uh, Andrew Sermon, Josh McEachran, you know, those are the central midfield players, an example of a couple of central midfielders players that he's brought in. And they've all been very much, right, you know, what their number one quality has to be their, their on-ball skills and their passing and their distribution. Whereas with Conor Coventry, I don't think his passing is the best part of his game. I, I, I don't. And I think the best part of his game is, I, I think he's almost of a similar profile of Ethan Robson, the fact that he's just quite good at everything. Like, I wouldn't say he's the best in the team at defensing, defending. I wouldn't say that he's the best in the team at passing. I wouldn't say he's the best in the team at shooting. But he's got he's good at everything. He's so well-rounded. And when you're in the middle of the park, you do need to do a bit of everything. And um, I think actually Liam Manning said this in his interview, but you know, he can he can stand out in a game where you're playing football. And by that I mean, you know, a a when a team's, you know, when it's not when it's a nice game and we're able to play through the thirds, etc. I mean, you got a cracking assist. Well, he's the one that played the ball through the lines to Twine for Twine to be able to set uh, Mo on his way. You know, he's the one that just saw the ball and and just played it um, straight to Twine. And then you see the, you know, I remember the uh, game against Fleetwood. He was probably man of the match and he was, you know, that was, to call it a pitch is a bit generous, but he was the one getting stuck in and he was flying around. So he can stand out in both sorts of, of ways. And that's really impressive. Um, young player as well. That's his first senior goal as well. Yeah, yeah. And if he's striking the ball like that, I think I think he's going to get a few more shouts of shoot when he's just outside the uh, 18-yard box. Yeah, most definitely. And I was looking back, actually, um, not to compare it to the promotion team 14-15, but you mentioned about Ethan Robson. He might start Darren Potter, actually, Conor Coventry, just in terms of his all-roundedness and where he plays on the pitch. And, you know, for how young he is, just generally how mature he is, to be fair. And, you know, you can definitely see there's some leadership qualities in there that, you know, Manning... You can tell basically, basically you can tell he's he's been coaching the Manning for quite a few years. Poor Don's. I think that's basically what I'm trying to say. And um, yeah, he, he's thriving in the system. And we mentioned before how that a lot of the players that have been recruited by Manning have been under his wingship for a number of years prior to coming to the club. And um, hey, if they all turn out to be like Connor Coventry, I think we're in the good and the good hands, to be honest. And I think as well with with Connor Coventry, like even yesterday when we were two 0 up, he was sometimes joining Mo in the press and it almost reminds me of you know look at Jordan Henderson for instance he's not necessarily the best at anything in particular but he's so well-rounded and he's so his work rate is so high that it makes him stand out on the pitch by a mile and it's that work rate desire all the funny intangibles you know whatever you want to call them but he's got all of them and it's you know you know I think the only chance of us potentially getting him back next year is um we get taken over by the Saudis or um, we're in the championship. <laughs> yeah, that, that will go down well if we get taken over by the Saudis for the uh, um, or Red Bull, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah, that's always dark rumor, isn't it? Red Bull, you never know, you never know. Um, obviously, before the game, Joe, there was a lot of chat regarding um, Dean Livingston and Dan Harvey. I don't know if you saw any of it. It was uh, yeah, I think everyone was talking about it to be honest. Um, and it was it was fairly fitting that of course Dean Livington has probably one of his better performances of the season, plays absolutely absolutely sublime assist to Troy Parrot for that first goal. And um to be fair, didn't really need Dan Harvey at all in the night at all, to be honest. Um 
what were, what were your thoughts on all of that in terms of the comments made by you know various journalists and obviously the Dons fans that were giving their opinions on it all? Yeah, I think with Lewington, I think if anything, it's not necessarily Harvey that helps him. I think it's the system that helps Lewington. You know, it's well documented. Lewington isn't the fastest player in the league. You know, maybe top 10 or so, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, he's, but he's never been known for his pace. And, you know, in this system, he's got Harry Darlin alongside him. He's got Daniel Harvey in front of him, but he's also got Connor Coventry who covers that side as well. So I think with, with the system we play, you know, naturally there is a more, there's a more, um, there's more protection than if it's a flat back four and he's playing at centre back. So I think that's one point. And I think secondly, you know, because he's so clever in how he positions his body, how many times do we see a really fast pacey winger try and get one over on him and he goes down like a sack of potatoes or ushers the ball out for a throw in or, you know, or a goal kick. And he, he's, he's so intelligent that he almost, he doesn't, not that he doesn't need his pace, but he, he uses, he uses his mind rather than his pace. You know, think back to, to say someone like John Terry. I know he's nowhere, you know, completely different, but he, he didn't have pace, but he, that didn't like, he, he did, he kept to what he was good at. He didn't try, you know, you don't see Dean Lewington, marauding forward because he knows he's going to be caught out and he is not going to win a foot battle with most of the wingers in League One. So he, he just sticks to what he's good at. And he's, for me, probably one of the top five uh, defenders are playing the ball out from the back, if not the best. He is utterly unbelievable and what an assist from Troy Power for Troy Power. And that wasn't a hopeful lump up pitch. He, he saw the run and he played it into an area that he knew Troy could get to. And he's, it's not the first time he's done it. And the amount of switches of plays he, he does as well regularly over to Kessler Hayden, who was a menace all night. So, yeah, on the ball, amazing. Off the ball, he's so clever with how he uses his body and, and um, yeah, really happy with him. Dan Harvey, yeah, I've seen more from our own fans perhaps saying about how, you know, he's, he's, he's you know, one of our, not, you know, not one of our better players, et cetera, and, yeah, okay, fair enough. But, you know, he's, I mean, it's easy to say now, but he's never really let us down in terms of performance. He might have let us down in terms of decision-making, such as Rotherham or Lincoln. You know, Lincoln giving away that penalty on Boxing Day. That, yeah, very nearly ruined my Christmas uh, holidays. But um, And then Rotherham as well, when he, he again gave away a penalty and got himself sent off. So, yeah. We've seen Dan Harvey make have some, I'll just call them brain dead moments. But in terms of general play, I've never once seen him be ripped apart defensively. Never. And I've he's always solid. His positioning, I think, is is good. And I think what maybe some people are frustrated by is maybe going forward. You know, he's not as good at dribbling as Kane Kessel Hayden. I think that's plain to see. But what Dan Harvey does is he's he he controls possession and he, and you know, if, if, if there's not a cross on, you know, he'll just play it back and we'll keep hold of the ball and maybe we'll switch sides. So I don't think he is particularly flashy going forward, but he certainly, you know, does the job at the back and he's, you know, no complaints from him. You know, can we get better? Of course we can, but we could get, can get better in every position. So, um, yeah, I think it's a bit, you know, especially with how we're doing at the moment, I think it's, 
I found it a bit odd that some people were picking holes with Daniel Harvey. You know, he's he, he nearly scored against Shrewsbury after making a great run. And it, you know, I think the keeper actually saved it onto the post. And so, you know, yeah, he's not going to be, you know, getting 10 assists and 10 goals a season, but he, he does the job that's required of him. He's solid and he he's offers a threat going forward. So, yeah, I, I, I for one, you know, of course there's room for improvement, but I don't have a problem with him at all. Yeah, I, I think both players are, well, in many ways, either, either beneficiaries or victims of, I said, the system or the structure. You know, Dan Harvey's role at times is to protect from players like Ogbené, which unfortunately he, he didn't do the greatest job of against Rotherham, but he won the game. So, you know, regardless, that happened. Um, but you know, to be fair, I've, I've had a fair few criticisms of Daniel Harvey in the past. Um, but I think the past couple of weeks and definitely the past two or three games, he's been quite good. I've really, I've really enjoyed watching him been a bit more attacking. I think his attacking freedom is a bit better than the previous games that I've seen. Um, of course, as you mentioned, the Shrewsbury chance, which he you know almost scored. I thought last night he got forward quite well, and you know. Could have, had a, could have had an assist if he was you know, lucky enough for one of the players put it away. So yeah, I think um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it is to be fair. But as you said, he's steady. Um, he's he's ingrained in the team now. He will be the left back or left wing back for the rest of the season, and you know likely going into next season, depending on in the league one or in championship. Um, so yeah, I think people are gonna have to get used to him, but. Yeah, the whole the whole thing of Dan Harvey covering Lewington, I, I didn't get that comment at all, to be honest. I think that's a bit of a ridiculous and, comment to make. Yeah, and, and just to add as well, just to say, you know, back at what you're saying, you, you know, in terms of Dan Harvey, uh, I'm just looking at his numbers compared to Kane Kessler-Hayden's. Kane Kessler, he, he, he averages about 40, 45 touches a game. Dan Harvey averages about 60. So Dan Harvey's, you know, much more involved in the build-up. And so, you know, and... In terms of key pass, uh, key passes, so that's a shot uh, pass that leads to a shot. Uh, Dan Harvey's averaging one point two every game. Ken Kessler Hayden zero point seven every game. So it just shows that although it may look like, you know, Dan Harvey's not, I don't want to say it, not as good as going forward as Kane Kessler. You know, it's the the way that he Dan Harvey uses the ball. It might not be as exciting, but it's certainly effective. And even if you just look at passing accuracy. Uh, Kane Kessler's this season is 71%. Um, and then you go to Dan Harvey. Uh, Dan Harvey averages 27 passes per game, whereas uh, Kane Kessler averages 19. So, you know, Dan Harvey's much more, you know, part of the build-up, whereas Kane Kessler, I think, he's quite explosive with how he attacks. So I think they're just two different players. And so, you know, one might, might be more exciting than the other, but I think they're both doing a good job. Yeah, and I think... Um... I made similar comments regarding um, Theo, regarding why he's not playing too much and you know, he's taking a back seat, quote unquote. And people just want to see direct players on the pitch. You know, it's exciting. You know, it's, it gets bums off seats. I think it gets bums in seats also. Um, and yeah, people people just want to see players attack. And that's why this Don team is so fun to watch. There's a lot of direct players in there. You love attacking, you love scoring goals. And, you know, ultimately are better than League One. Um you know, Kenny Kester is, you know, probably on the cusp of being better than the League One. Um, I'd be very surprised if he's a League One player next season, I'll put it that way. And, you know, he'd probably been very unlucky not to have scored last night, to be fair. He had pretty good chances last night. Um, but yeah, as you said, Joe, it's Dan Harvey takes more of a 
not not a back seat in terms of that sense, but a back seat in terms of you know like a bit like centre back, you know, a bit more direct approach and not just running up plays and see what happens. He's very much trying to pick out a pass, trying to make sure that you know he's alongside Coventry and McKechnie, so he can keep retaining the ball, keep control of the game. And um, hey, it's working, isn't it? So I think people. I think when, when things are too perfect, people love to look at things to try and pick out and see if they can improve it to make it even better. And there's times where that becomes a bit of an overdramatic thing and you end up regretting your decision. And I think if we did see what's happened to Dan Harvey this season, I think people would see how valuable he is to the team in general. And um, yeah, it would be a loss, to say the least. Um, I suppose one last point before we move on to the game on Saturday is to talk about uh, the guys that came on on Tuesday. Of course, Connor Wickham back for fitness. Sorry, a bit of Dan Kemp and Matt Smith also. Fair to say we haven't seen too much of them at all this season, have we, Joe, to be fair? Probably because how well, how well the team's doing in general. Um, I was quite surprised not to see Theo start last night, but of course I was proven uh, wrong by Troy scoring. Um, any of the three of them stand out to you? And it's in general, it's just good to see them on the pitch, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think... Um, I, you know, I was speaking to someone about it and I said, you know, would you make any changes ahead of the game? And I said, yeah, do you know, what? I think we could maybe rest one of these players and maybe give a couple of people a run out. And then they made the point that, well, we haven't actually played in two weeks before Saturday. So if none of the players really should be tired and if any of the players should be tired, it should be Kane, Troy or, or Connor, you know, and they're three players that probably, you know, are one of the first three on the team sheet. So, yeah, I think it's, Fair, I think you know you've got five games left to go. Play the strongest team, keep it settled. They know what they're doing. Um, but of course, you know there's going to be times where you know we may find ourselves needing a goal late on. And you know having Theo and Connor, they're just so different to what we've already got, which is good because Connor he uses he's not he's not. He, I mean, of course. He's a big guy in that, but he's not a target man. He's so good. I mean, you know, he played a couple of one twos and held the ball up and flicking it around a corner to Theo. They they were actually linked up really well. And with Theo, we know how exciting he can be. We just just need to see that final product, that 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 cross, that shot. Just needs to be a bit more consistent. You know, I, I understand he's not going to score twenty five yard volleys like he did at Portsmouth every single week, but. You know, maybe just, you know, in that final third, that bit of that decision-making, which may come with more minutes. But, you know, I think we're going to, you know, it's just good to see those players get a run out. And Matt Smith as well. He He's a tidy player, but I just, you just can't break up this midfield duo at the moment. How how can you? And I think, um, you know, I think Liam Manning said they're frustrated, but they know. And, you know, if they were kicking off and behind the scenes, you know, you know, it's not healthy for the first team. And I think everyone's really in this together and it's it's good to see. So when they're needed, I think, you know, there's no doubt that they'll be ready and uh, they'll be fine coming into the team. Yeah, I think Matt Smith's going to be one of the better players we've seen in this club for a long time, to be fair. I think once he gets the minutes in the games, I think we'll really, really see that. You know, we've seen it in glimpses so far. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to see him play football. And of course, being a permanent signing, you know, it's always a bit more invested in alone. Um, so yeah, I'm... Yeah, good to see all three on the pitch. And uh, yeah, I said, Joe, they all had their, their impacts in their own little ways, which is good to see. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll take a short little break and then we'll look ahead to the game on Saturday. This 
podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Okay, a, uh, a nice little trip to Southwest London for all of the MK Dons fans this weekend as we return to ASC Wimbledon. Um, of course, it's always a highly anticipated game and I believe we're very close to selling out, if not sold out already. So that's fantastic to see all the support from all the Dons fans and you know, the final bit of this, hopefully, promotion push. Um, obviously, AFC are a team who are in a relegation zone, so they're not doing great, uh, which is, I'm sure, pleasing to a lot of you listening to this. Um, not want to go in 23 games, which is uh, the highlight of probably the, all the stats that I'm sure Joe's going to take us through in a very uh, brief preview of our opponents. So, Joe, uh, take us away. Well, yes, thank you, Liam, for that wonderful introduction um, into uh, Saturday's opponents, AFC Wimbledon. Um, they're on quite a run, similar to ourselves. Only, only difference is um, ours is not having had a defeat and theirs is not having had a win. Um, they really have been finding it tough recently. And, um, yeah, I, I don't see too many signs that it's going to change. They... Um, Recently departed with manager Mark Robinson, who I thought was doing a fantastic job, it has to be said. Great manager. And uh, they've appointed Mark Bowen, who, on the face of it, he he did a similar job at Reading, I think, steered them away from potential trouble and then it all fizzled out. So he's been appointed until the end of the season, so it's very much a a firefighter sort of job. Um, In his two games, they lost uh, very late on, it must be said, against away to Sheffield Wednesday. And... uh, managed to come back from 1-0 down against 10-man Charlton um, to scrape a draw. So, yeah, not the best of starts, but maybe, maybe some signs of improvement, perhaps. Um, in terms of uh, form, yeah. I mean, at home, they've had a hell of a lot of draws. Um, they've only won two, two games at home all season. That was to bottom side crew Alexandra and, um, surprisingly, Carl uh, Robinson's Oxford United. Um, so they've actually only lost one, two, three, four, five, six games at home this season, um, but only actually have won two. Um, in terms of teams above 13th in the league, they've beaten one all season, and that was that Oxford United game. So, um, you know, a lot of their wins and, and draws have come against teams in the, you know, the bottom uh, 12, bottom 10 teams of the league, uh, 12, 10 to 12 um, teams in the league. Um, as I say, they, they really are on quite the run at the moment. And um, I think, as you say, 22 games uh, without a win now. Um, they've conceded um, a goal in the last nine home games. They haven't won in 12 home games. Um, so, yeah, you know, if we can keep a clean sheet, then, well, statistics dictate that, um, you know, we're more than likely going to get a goal there. Um, they're just yeah they're not they're not really scoring and they're conceding quite a few it's you know a bit of everything really they're in the in right near the bottom in terms of goals conceded um, i think it's 20 uh, 18th or 19th and in terms of goals scored um only four teams have scored fewer goals than them this season <clears throat> excuse me um their home form is joint second worst in the league so um, they've actually you know their away form is is a little bit um They've picked up less points away from home, but in terms of uh, how it ranks against other teams, they're doing a little bit better. Um, last eight games, uh, just the two points. 
so a nice solid return. Uh, in contrast, we've also got two. Oh no, sorry, that's twenty-two in the last eight games. Um, so just yeah, again some similarities between the two sides. Um, it also pains me to say they're now four points adrift in the relegation zone with just five games to go. Um, in terms of the actual team, it's you know it's a weird one because you you know all jokes aside, you look at the safety Wimbledon team and they have got some decent young players. Um, but maybe it's that absence of um, some experience that's possibly costing them in some of these games. Um, they are missing, uh, I think, I'm not sure if it's the captain, but certainly one of their better players, in Anthony Hartigan. Um, but you, they've got play, and also they're missing uh, probably their biggest sum, summer signing in Luke McCormick. Um, so I, I don't think Luke McCormick will be back. Um, I certainly hope not, because he is one of their better players. Um but you know that they do have you know quite a young spine in their team, but I think you know they have had injury issues. Uh, they sold star striker Oli Palmer to a team two divisions below in January. Uh, but I mean, to be fair to them, for the money that they are offering for a 29, 30 year old, they'd be more even more stupid to keep hold of him. Um, but I think what the error on their part was maybe not replacing him with Sam Cosgrove coming in who has failed to make an impact after a fairly quiet uh, first half of the season at Shrewsbury. In short, look, we should be winning this game fairly comfortably, but it's a, it's a, you know, a rivalry, it's a derby game, whatever you want to call it, and it's not going to be pretty. Um, it's going to be gritty, but... Do you know what? I look at our team and think we've got the exact sort of players that I'd want going out there, and and I think you know, oh, I think they'll get the job done. Yeah, it is strange to see a team like AC Wimbledon you know, blind youngsters, as you as you mentioned, because you know, this a typical association with this club is that it, you know it has relied on that experience and grittiness to get through these relegation campaigns, and there's always one player there, but. With the likes of Asal and Rodoni and of course McCormick, as you mentioned, who's not going to play this game, hopefully. You know, there is their midfield, it's just getting them through. And when typically when they've been those two particularly have been playing bad recently, they've not really gained any points. Of course, I think uh, Charlton was the exception where you know, down to 10 men, you know, they got a point against them, which you know, well done. Like it's not exactly a great result, but it'll get them one step closer, I suppose. I think in terms of how we beat this AFC Wimbledon team, it's just by by playing our game, I think that's just a simple way of putting it. I think I think the first goal against Shrewsbury has to be played about a hundred times to these lads over the week to say, and this is how we should play in football. I would not get involved in any sort of stupid challenges or you know fights with these lot, because that's how I think that's how I think they'll approach the game. They can't; they're not going to beat us by playing football. I think is the simple way of putting it. So we've just got to focus on our game. Hopefully put the game to bed early um will it happen who knows i i hope it does um and yeah i think i mean the main message this week is focusing ourselves and that should be enough as it has been you know pretty much all throughout this year and this season in general and to get the job done i think just adding on what you said there liam as well a lot of their games have been very low margins so you know maybe without ollie palmer they're maybe not getting those tight margin games that they were getting at the start of the season um They've lost 19 games, but Charlton have lost 19 games and have 16 points more than them. So, you know, 
who have Charlton got up front? They've got a really quality player, Jaden Stockley. You know, Holly Palmer might not have been glamorous, but he was doing the job for them in the first half of the season. And, um, you know, those goals have certainly dried up. That's, you know, that's, that's um, you know, that can't be argued with. And, yeah, I think it's it's like you say, it's, it's so easy to say, play the game, not the occasion. But I think, you know, I think maybe with managers we had in the past, you know, I'm thinking, you know, Russ, Carl Robinson, you know, Russ Martin, Carl Robinson, they're very passionate guys, which we all love. But in these sorts of games, I think you need someone who is just calm and almost takes the emotion out of the game and says, this is a game of football, you know, just get on, you know, let's just do it. Let's go out and do our jobs. And, you know, you look back at these games, like the crew game and the Shrewsbury game, you know, yeah, we could have smashed them 4 0, blah, blah, blah. But we did just did what we needed to do. There was no thrills as such. And there was no, you know, extra exuberant play or anything like that. We just did our job, stayed solid and, and got through it. And so for me, you know, this is a team in the relegation zone. It's a great chance to continue our and beat. Well, I mean, let's face it, we need the three points if we're going to, if we're serious about, you know, keeping Rotherham at arm's length and and seeing where we can go. It's, it's got to be three points and it's a good opportunity because, you know, over 41 games this season, they've shown that, you know, they are where they are for a reason. So let's, let's you know, let's play them at football. Let's not get drawn into anything else in that game. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more on that. And uh, hopefully the boys and the coaches have far drilling that into them this week. And, you know, I don't think they need any sort of motivation to get up for this one. You know, they saw the home game and how much it meant to us as fans. So, and if they are listening to this, they know how much it means to us um, heading to this one also. Uh, if not, more importantly, this one. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a big game. Um, and and uh, just a quick one, Connor Coventry, Dean Lewington, keep an eye on Dan Harvey because we don't want another red card, <laughs> please. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, yeah, he's, he's the one player to keep an eye on, that's for sure. Yeah, I said it, it's, a, it's a massive game. So picking the right 11 for this one is, is pretty important. Um, I've gone, I've been very boring. I've gone with the same team as Beach Shrewsbury and Crew the past week. Um, so let's run through that in detail. It's a coming in goal. Uh, the back three of Waza, H, and Lewington, um, Kane Kester and Dan Harvey, wing backs, McEachern, Coventry, uh, the city midfielders, Twine, Parrot behind, big game over up front. Um, Listen, it's won both games. And if I've, and if I am gonna, you know, say play the game rather than the occasion, I've got to stick with that team. Yeah, I, I say there's an argument to start Kaz, but I think for me that like the Rotherham game, Kaz is much more valuable coming on the last 30 minutes. Um, where hopefully we've got a one to two nil lead and McKechnie can come off for Kaz and Kaz can kind of just bully them and you know pick up his sandy yellow card and see they win not went off basically. I don't feel we need to start him, you know. That he may start. I don't want to be too surprised if he does start, but I mean, I think in my situation, I would play Josh McKeck, Connor Coventry, Connor Coventry still. Um, outside of that, I can't really see an argument for anyone else getting in the team, and, that, and that's the that's the thing at the moment. You know, they're playing so well, like you know, it's very easy to pick the team right now because they're not they're not they're not giving you another reason not to pick them really. And uh, Jerry, I don't know if you feel the same, but it's that's how I feel anyway. Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, there's five games left. We've only got one Tuesday game to go for the rest of the season. 
unless you know of course you know some people start dropping off or some people start really turning it on off the bench don't change it it's you know this is the team they know what they know each other they've been playing with each other you know pretty much this exact team for the last six to eight weeks you know bar one or two changes here or there let them do it you know I think midfield you've got the really good blend of the experience from McEachran you know I've never really seen him lose his head and I think that's important in a game like this but you can have Connor Coventry who's going to be well up for it you know we mentioned about how you know just tenacious he is you know you've got Dan Harvey Kane Kessler you know one's really exciting young player who's going to look to get on the front foot the other one is you know he's going to be absolutely loving this game you've got Woz who's yeah, again, I've never seen Woz lose his head. He's so cool, calm, collected. You've got Harry Darling, who he, he'll, he'll be loving it. You just know he will. Dean Lewington, I'm sure, will be well up for it. And then you've got a front three that are full of talent and hard-working. And, you know, they're going to be honest and they're going to be hard-working and chasing down every single ball. But they've got the quality as well to to convert any chances or or create any chances. So... I think it's a great balance. And also, as you say, Kasumu to come on legs late on in the game. Absolutely. Um, especially if we're chasing it, but perhaps um, Theo, a great option. Again, if the game's stretched, running in behind, you know, you do not want to be defending one-on-one against a six-foot-three guy who's full of pace. And then also, you know, you can throw in the likes of Dan Kemp, nice and nippy, um, can get in behind, can also have the ball to feet. Um, and then also kind of Wickham, you know, again, if, if, if even if we're holding on or even if, you know, if we're holding on, great, another guy to, to help defend set pieces, things like that. Or, you know, if, we, if we're going for a win, who knows, we might need to change it up and have, you know, players playing off Conor Wickham rather than trying to get the ball into Mo. So loads of options off the bench, but why change what, you know, what has been working for the last, well, since Christmas? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm very surprised if there's you know, a ridiculous amount of changes to say the least. I think a lot of people will. Um, based off your all your thoughts on the game, Joe, I, I can pretty much guess what you're going to say in terms of your prediction, but I'll let you say it anyway. What, what do you reckon will happen Saturday? hope it's a win for MK Pons. <laughs> uh, I'm going for a narrow 2-1 win. I think it's going to be professional. I think we're going to go two 0 up, and then I think we're going to get concede a goal. But we're we, we're going to see it out, and I bloody hope so. I'll take anything just just to win, just to win. <laughs> yeah, I like that prediction. Um, I think it will be yeah, very edgy game. I do think we'll score early. I think it'll be one nil yeah, fairly early on in the game, um, and then it'll be a a classic dance performance that are sitting back, you know, annoying them. And then I think the likes of Theo will come on, Connor Wickham will come on and we'll get a second late on. Uh, so I think it'll be two nil dons. Um, these games are very low score and they're very scrappy, a lot of corners, especially from their perspective in terms of set pieces has had traditionally played these games. Um, referees have all struggled to get hold of them usually also, um, especially at their place. So, but yeah, I, I think it'll be two nil, but won't be comfortable, but, one of the performances this season been comfortable really apart from you know maybe a few recently um the rest of them have been pretty nervous watches for a lot of people and uh, unfortunately i think um the likely sell out don's fans will have another another edgy one here 
but ultimately another three points and hopefully a massive three points towards our um, end goal of hopefully back to the uh, second division of English football, which should be fantastic, to be honest. And I'm really looking forward to it if that's the case. And yeah, speaking of away days, of course, after the game on Saturday, two more ways to cut down to, of course, Oxford on the 19th of uh, April and, of course, final day at Plymouth. The tickets are on sale for these, so let's travel. You know, I believe I believe Oxford's well over 1,200 now, maybe closer to 1,400, which is brilliant. And it'd be good to see all you guys down there, despite the rearrangement, which is you know very annoying to everyone, including myself. Um, and of course, Plymouth, which has just gone on sale. I know a lot of us have already arranged um, travel and tickets. Um, so yeah, then hopefully that'll be a sellout um, regarding that and well over a 1,000 allocation for that. So hopefully uh, Don's fans will be there. And um, yeah, it should be... A, a good last month of the season and uh hey who knows it might go into may but hopefully from my perspective we don't and we get it in april but um we'll see but until saturday come on you dons away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.